تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد واصحابه وبارك وسلم وقد قال تبارك وتعالى ان ابراهيم كان امه قانتا لله حنيفا صدق الله العظيم most respected elders and brothers as many of us are very well aware that we are currently in those 10 days of the year that are known as the best days of the entire year in the quran sharif allah ta'ala mentions inna iddata ash-shuhur inda allah itna ashara shahran fi kitabillah that this islamic calendar it is made up of 12 months minha arba'atun hurum and from these 12 months they are four months that are very very sacred and auspicious in the sight of allah subhanahu The months of Dhul Qada, Dhul Hijjah, Muharram, and the month of Rajab. These are four months that are known as the months of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Very auspicious. And to top it off, from these four months, we find that these ten days, the first ten days of Dhul Hijjah that we are currently witnessing, these are known as the best days of the year. These days are even more auspicious and even greater than the, than the days of the month of Ramadan. Yes, the, ni- the nights of the month of Ramadan, those last ten nights, Those are known as the greatest nights of the entire year. Even greater than these nights. But these nights will fall second in place. In the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But when it comes to the days of these, this month, Dhul Hijjah, the first ten days, then these are the best. Even better than Ramadan. That is why we are always encouraged when these days come, a person should now try and make more efforts. Be punctual upon salah. Nafil ibadat. Nafil salah. Try and gain the closeness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are opportunities. 
opportunity is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses us. And then as many of us might be very well aware that the hujjaj also, they will be embarking on the on a journey of the, of a lifetime, this journey of hajj, we will, which will start early this Monday morning. So what excitement they must be, the, the excitement, the build up of the excitement and how much they must be preparing and arranging, arrange the arrangements that must be being made for this journey of hajj on Monday. And then before we know it also, those of us that will not be going for hajj, soon we will be experiencing this great day and that is the day of Qurbani. The day of Eid al-Adha. This day of Qurbani, year in and year out it comes. But we find that another day for the, another name for this day is known as Yom nahar The day when the blood of millions of animals will be slaughtered in the same, will be spilled in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Can we imagine those millions and millions of animals will be taken just so that the obligation on our shoulders can be discharged. That wajib that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had placed upon us, that animal is giving his life for the sake of our obligation to be discharged. So year in and year out, while we are discharging this amal of qurbani, this act of qurbani, to some extent, it is being fulfilled. But we find that the haqiqat and the ruh of this amal, the spirit, the true concept and the true lesson behind this amal of qurbani, to a very, very large extent, my respected elders and brothers, it is lost. That concept that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, had instilled within sahaba radiallahu anhum, on the authority of Zayd bin Arqam radiallahu anhu, he mentions that when the Sahaba radiallahu anhu had asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ma hadhi al-adahi ya Rasulullah. That, O oh, Nabi of Allah, what is this qurbani all about? The slaughtering of animals, this practice, running that knife on the neck of that animal, what is it? What is the true concept? Now, what we have to understand is that this practice and this amal of qurbani wasn't something that was new to the Sahaba radiallahu anhu. It wasn't something that was foreign and alien. It wasn't something that they were seeing first time. They grew up with this amal of qurbani. The mushrikeen of Makkah, they used to slaughter animals in the name of their deities. The name of their gods, the name of their idols. And we will find that throughout the annals of history also, from the time of Adam alayhi salatu wasalam, animals were being sacrificed. The animals were being slaughtered. Either for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, through the periods of each and every nabi, and their nations, those who had iman, it was a common practice to slaughter these animals for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also those who didn't have that iman, they used to slaughter in the name of their gods and their deities. So this wasn't something that was new to the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. When they asked, Ma hadil adahi ya Rasulullah. What is this adahi? What is this qurbani all about? Because they understood. Al-Islam yahdimu ma qablahu. That Islam comes, it came and it wiped out all other traditions. Every innovation, every custom every ritual that had no connotation and no relation to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to the true deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Islam came and wiped it out. Inna deen inna Allahil Islam. Islam is the pure religion. And Islam in its, in its purity not diluted, undiluted. Today unfortunately we want to live. We, want, we are Muslims, we want to live Islam. But how many cultures and how many customs haven't been innovated in Islam? Whether it is the different parties that are held, birthday parties and this occasion and that ceremony, 
engagement ceremony, and then we will get the Mendi uh, party before the nikah, before the wedding. All these things have no quality. It has nothing to do with Islam. And now we are sitting with such a fitna. Islam is being diluted to such an extent that we are sitting with the issue of interfaith, the Abrahamic Accord, the Pride Month, LGBTQ, where so many, so much of effort is being made to incorporate these things into Islam. Islam has come to condemn all these things. Inna deen inda Allah Islam. This was Sahaba radiallahu anhu understood. Islam and the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pure. And Islam came to wipe everything that is impure, everything that doesn't have anything to do with Allah and His deen. Islam wiped it out. So that is why they wanted to know from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that, O Nabi of Allah, why did Islam keep this practice of qurbani, of slaughtering the animals? It wiped everything out. But this one act, it remained. Why is it that it still remains? Imagine what a beautiful answer Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gives them. Bi salam could have told them that this is the practice from the time of Adam alayhi sallam. You could have explained to them the details and given them a long sermon about the virtues of Qurbani and how it pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, etc, etc. But in three words, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had summed up the entire concept of Qurbani, the same concept that we are talking about. Sunnatu abikum Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam that this qurbani, the slaughtering of animals, this is in fact the sunnah that was initiated by your father Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. If you want to understand the true spirit of qurbani, you want to understand the true lesson of qurbani, the true haqiqat and reality of qurbani, then we will have to go 4,000 years back, put our shoes into the, put our lives into the lives of, of Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. Ourselves in the shoes of Ibrahim alayhi salam and relive those lessons that Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salatu salam has taught us. One is a person is definitely he will run that knife, but the true concept of this amal of qurbani is what Nabi alayhi salatu salam had instilled within the Sahaba radiallahu anhum that you have to go back all the way to the roots. Ibrahim alayhi salatu salam. Nabi alayhi salam could have taken any other ambiya alayhi salam. He could have mentioned from the time of Adam alayhi salam. But there was a very, very strong reason for choosing and mentioning Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. So that year in and year out, when the season of Qurbani will come, then the Ummah, the Muslim Ummah, we will not just remember the person, but we will bring into our lives, we will try and bring alive those lessons that were taught by Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. In the Western world, when a person wants to remember someone, then we will find that portraits are put up in that person's name. And monuments are erected and statues etc. Sometimes a person is looking at that statue, that monument, he doesn't know what is the reason. He doesn't know who is that person. A person is going past, he'll probably comment on the features of that statue and he will speak about everything else. But what was the lesson behind that statue? That is totally lost. This is the Western culture where the people or the, the ones that will remember the statue the most are the birds that are perched, that are perched all over. And it is another place for them to go out also. But when it comes to Deen of Islam, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds the ummah. It is not just to remember Ibrahim alayhi salam. 
as one of our elderly ulama ikram mentioned, that if the whole concept was just to remember Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, then maybe when a person will go for Hajj, he will go for Umrah, we will probably see a statue of Ibrahim alayhi salam holding a knife on some figure of Ismail alayhi salam. If this was the be all and the end all of it. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to bring that lesson into our life, to relive practically those lessons that were taught to us by Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. Inna Ibrahim Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam he was one man on his own one individual on his own but the sacrifice and the submission of this one individual could match that of an entire ummah. What Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam had, had, had placed forth for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What he had to give up, what effort he had to put, what qurbani and sacrifice he made. It'll take an entire ummah to do what Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam had. وَإِذِبْتَلَا إِبْرَاهِيمَ رَبُّ بِكَنِمَاتِ The Quran Sharif mentions that when, when Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam was put through the different tests, Allah ta'ala had put him through those فَأَتَمَّهُنْ He proved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he was loyal and true in, his, in, in the proclamation of the kalima لَا إِلَهَا إِلَّا إِذْ قَالَ لَهُ رَبُّ وَأَسْلِمْ When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, O Ibrahim, submit yourself. قَالَ أَسْلَمْتُ لِرَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ That I have, submit, I have submitted my entire being to the Lord of the world. Whether it means me jumping into the fire for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whether it means taking those, my, my young son and leaving them in a, in a place where there is not even a blade of grass, or whether it means me taking that knife and placing it on the neck of my son Ismail alayhi salam, I am ready to do it, no questions asked. This is the, the lesson behind this amal of qurbani. We are slaughtering that animal, my respected elders and brothers, it is our desire, that desire that we are slaughtering. What the nafs wants to do, that is what we are, we are giving it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We hand ourselves over to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is what we find, what Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salam had his entire life from the time he was a little child right until that 175 years that he had, he had lived. Till the end, everything was for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You will find that this act of qurbani is no time to go into the details. Inshallah, we will hear the details maybe on the day of Eid, Eid of Bakri, next week Thursday. But it all started off how? It started off with a dream. A dream that could be interpreted in so many different ways. So many different ways. It was never ever permissible in any ummah to kill an innocent child. It was never permissible. He could have thought to himself that maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala meant something else. What did my son do that he had to be, that I have to slaughter him? After so many years, Rabbi Habli Minas Sadiqin, we learn that when he was 86 years of age, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed him with Ismail alayhi salam. 86 years, Rabbi Habli Minas Sadiqin, his entire life he made this dua, Oh Allah, bless me with pious children and now 86 years of age, Allah blesses him with this baby. What a bond must have been created. Today, a person is 60, 86 years, if Allah has blessed us with that age, we are probably grandparents or great-grandparents to babies, one, one and a half years old. And what bond is created between the grandparent and the grandchild? And here, he has just got that baby, one and a half years later, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders him, commands him, go and take that baby, go and take the mother and to leave them in a place, Makkah Sharif, wherein there was a 
nothing, not even the structure of the Kaaba Sharif. So it all started off with this dream when Ismail alayhi salatu wasalam, some say 9 years old, some say 12 years old, some say 13 years old. But that dream that he had, that he didn't just submit to just the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but every little subtle hint of a desire that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just hinted in the form of the dream that this is what I want you to do. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have sent Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam with a direct command like how he sent him on all other occasions. But that, la, that one, just, just, just that hint, what a test. Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, he could have mentioned, he could have interpreted in so many different ways. But he understood that this is the desire of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything was just shoved on one side. Everything was one side. And submitting to not only the command, but the desire of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at every moment of his life. Many a times today, we ask the question that Murana, I just want to know whether it's permissible or it's not permissible. In other words, we have made up our minds that we are going to do it. We just need it to be sanctioned, that's all. So we're just waiting, you know, is it permissible, is it not permissible, whether it's permissible, even if it's permissible, then I know I'm doing it, you know, I want to do it, etc. But that is not the question we're supposed to be asking. There are many times where a person is faced with a situation, there is loopholes here, there is loopholes there, a person may be able to do it, there is maybe difference of opinion in a certain matter. But the question we have to ask is that, will Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be happy if I do it like this, or will he be happier if I do it in this? Submitting to the desire of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our ulama ikram, our elderly ulama ikram, they mention that what is true submission? What is true submission? True submission is that when that human ego, that nafs wants to do something. You want to look at haram. You want to do, you go on that cell phone. You want to go on the different sites. You are, you want to go and watch that latest episode or that latest, uh, show that everyone is talking about. That nafs wants to do something. But for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we leave it alone and we, we just, we just bow down to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants. The nafs wants to do something, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants something else. At the time of Fajr Salah, I want to go back to sleep. I want to just put that alarm off. But that submission to the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah wants what Allah wants and what we want. This is the greatest lesson we learn from the entire life of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wa To put our nafs one side, that human ego one side, and to bow down to the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala make us true Muslims. Allah Ta'ala make us true mu'min, true followers of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We learn in the life of Nabi, Alayhi, Nabi Ibrahim Alayhi Salam also. وَإِذْ يَرْفَعُ إِبْرَاهِيمُ الْقَوَائِدَ مِنَ الْبَيْتِ وَإِسْمَائِلِ At the time when they were, they were laying the foundation of the Kaaba Sharif, what dua he made? He made dua that, oh Allah, make us, make us Muslims. وَجَعَلْنَا مُسْلِمِينَ لَكَ Make us Muslim, myself and Ismail Alayhi Salam. And he also made dua, that oh Allah from our zuri, from our progeny make a Muslim nation a nation that will be Muslims this nation is who we talk you and I and thereafter he had also made, he had also made the dua that oh Allah send Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also to this what tribute we owe to us that Ibrahim alayhi salam he made dua that we become Muslims and he made dua that the Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam come to us as a ummah what is the meaning of Muslims this is what Muslims to submit, submit to every single desire of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala make us true Muslims, true mu'mineen, and true ummatis of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa akhiru da'wananim.